Welcome, sports fans, to this week's episode of EJ Sports Debates. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with Jordan and Angie, and we've got a great topic today. Uh, going to recap the NFL season. Uh, definitely a lot going on, uh, but we're going to go over some of the things we think were most important. But uh, first, uh, in the sports world, a couple uh, legends were lost the past week or so. Uh, Boxing legend Leon Spinks passed away, and uh, NFL coaching legend, who's somehow not in the Hall of Fame, Marty Schottenheimer. Only coach with 200 wins to not be in Canton. Hey, Eric, can I throw a woman in there too, buddy? Can I say rest in peace to Pedro Gomez? And Pedro Gomez, yes. Great, great ESPN baseball writer. Loved his correspondence on Baseball Tonight and any baseball coverage that came up. Passed away suddenly on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, yes, he will. All three legends in their own right. And uh, you know, with that tribute to those three, um, we're gonna kick it off with the most recent and final game of the season, the Super Bowl. Jordan. Hey guys, sorry I had to jump in there, but yeah, man, Pedro Gomez was like part of my childhood growing up. It wasn't baseball season, especially like the winter meetings without seeing Pedro Gomez's face pop up on ESPN like every 10 minutes talking about the rumors and stuff. So, And uh, Marty Schottenheimer, man, what a hell of a coach. I don't think he ever really got the credit he deserved. You know, I really wish he had gotten a ring with the Chargers. That team definitely should have considering the talent they had. So, Absolutely. For some reason. Leon Spanks, too. For some reason, for some reason, Marty Schottenheimer's teams never performed in the playoffs, it seemed. But the guy averaged 10 wins basically his entire career. I mean, yeah, he was a successful coach. Very was he successful. a winning coach in terms of playoffs? Maybe not, but he was a successful coach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, the Super Bowl, um, you know, <laughs> my, my first note says Brady's going to Brady. <laughs> and, you know, if you didn't think he was the GOAT before, first of all, you must be on drugs. Secondly, uh, he just took a team last year that was seven and nine with Jameis Winston at quarterback, and it's almost virtually the exact same team. And he led that team to the Super Bowl without any offseason. Uh, and he brought us friend Gronk to the team. So, uh, just on a personal note, man, you was talking about head coaches that, you know, I really think are deserving. I, there's not many coaches in the NFL put ahead of Bruce Arians. Uh, just as far as his likability, you know, he's so crass. And so just Bruce Arians, and he deserved a ring. You know, how much of his impact was on team? You know, it's probably a little bit of the Brady slash LeBron effect of Brady probably ran most of the team, but it didn't matter, man. Bruce Arians is a hell of a coach. Um, my other major note and observation, which I didn't watch the Super Bowl live. I know blasphemy, but people got to work. Um, is uh, I never thought I'd live to see the day where Eric Fisher would be such a pivotal piece. But with Pat Mahomes having to run 497 yards for his life during that game, and I don't mean like in front of line of scrimmage, but, you know, (laughs) running for his life. The fact that Eric Fisher tore his ACL, which caused KC to shuffle four offensive line positions, um, and that was clearly the difference in the game because Mahomes was just running, and he was also banged up, so – but, yeah, I'm happy to see Bruce Arians get a ring. I'm happy to see a guy that gets a lot of 
flack for early in his career, but you don't hear much out of Indama Kongsu. I'm happy to see him get his first ring or his only ring, but you know, he had that reputation early in his career, but man, the guy is just one of those players that you don't see him on the stat sheet, but he's amazing. And uh, yeah, I think we can now say Brady is the, the catalyst that won all the Super Bowls. So um, Eric, that's my thoughts on the Super Bowl, buddy. You know, feel free to give me yours. Let me know what you saw. Cause I think you watched it live. I did, but hold on. That was a YouTube clip of goat sounds because, again, those that doubted it, Tom Brady, officially the goat, even though I've been saying that for the last six years. Those that said he's over the cliff, there you go. But yeah, it was, it was good. It was a, as someone that has said, as someone that is a purist in a lot of sports, my God, that Tampa defense. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, as you said, two tackles out and Mahomes banged up, turf toe and all that. But I think Kansas City would have maybe scored one or two touchdowns in that game, the way Tampa's defense played. But I think Tampa still won it with the way that defense was flying all over the ball. They swarm you, they collapse the pocket so quick. And yeah, it was, I think it does put a lot of Brady over Belichick. It was Brady than Belichick type deal, but also goes to show you what he could have done in New England if they surrounded him with more weapons. Or if you take the 2007 season, not run into Eli Manning, but Oh, poor Eli. But it's Bless. like, yes. Yeah, I think the only way to beat Brady, apparently, is if you're an NFC East team. Well, not the Cowboys, that's for sure. Yeah. So, because, you know, we have to make the playoffs to get there. Right. But, yeah, it's a, uh, it was, the, it was probably the most hype game I've seen in a, I, just the hype living up to it. Viewership was down, but it, it didn't live up to the hype in terms of on the field and really off the field. I mean, Super Bowl week is insane. Uh, media, cel- fan celebrations, but obviously with everything going on, they couldn't do that. So I think to the casual fans, there was really nothing of interest. Uh, Save them with their commercials. You know, there weren't the movie trailers this year that people wanted to see. And, you know, you could tell people weren't really spending the you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, Budweiser, Budweiser didn't do one for the first time yeah. ever. <laughs> no. um, I mean, we got but, the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer, and that was not even a major movie. That was a TV show. But it looks good. It does. Uh, but yeah, it's a, yeah, all that just, all that stuff. I mean, with the internet and social media, commercials leak before the game. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. Uh, but overall, Super Bowl Sunday, I thought it was good. Uh, smash mouth defense in your face. As a Lions fan, good for good for Sue to get that ring. Uh, and yeah, it's just a and Brady solidifying his spot as the goat. But now you go to the debate: Is he the? 
I mean, of all time. I mean, athlete wise. Uh, but I would be inclined to say yes. If for no other reason, just what he did this season. I think, you know, with all due respect to Mr. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who I adore, go Tar Heels. Um, but, you know, he, you know, Jordan, I mean, he was never going to do it with the Wizards late in his career, but, you know, he always did it with that amazing supporting cast around him in Chicago. And he always had Phil Jackson. And, you know, Phil Jackson proved he could do it without Michael Jordan. I mean, he got two other Hall of Famers, you know, to do it with him. But I think you got to give Brady the nod now, just me personally. I still think that as far as, like, one single athlete dominated in their sport, I still think Tiger Woods in his prime is still probably my favorite to watch, even though the sport of golf doesn't really excite me. But just the way he dominated everybody in his sport, but um, yeah, it's got to be Tom Brady, man. Like yeah, he, I mean, he literally packed up and went four thousand miles south to Florida, you know. And can we talk about the Super Bowl parade for a second? That was probably the all-time <laughs> legendary Super Bowl parade. Oh yeah, you know, Brady hammered off his ass on avocado or tequila, throwing the Lombardi Trophy from his boat to Gronk's boat, like. Yeah, oh my god. That was that was awesome. Uh kudos to I mean, yeah, live it up. I mean good for I mean you win the Super Bowl, do it. I mean, I've text I sent some texts out, obviously with everything going on, a lot of protocols, but the question was asked if it's your team, do you break those protocols? I say yes, because as a Lions fan. That'd be one hell of a party, no matter the temperature or weather. <laughs> oh my God! If it's a Gronk and Brady party, I'm there. It's clear those guys know how to have fun. Yeah, you, when in New England, they know how to party. Evidently, but yeah. Um, overall, I mean, that was it. Uh, Super Bowl was great. Parade, legendary. Commercials sucked for the most part. A uh, couple on there. Uh, Cadillac did a good one with uh, Timothy Chalamet. Hey, how was the halftime show? I still haven't seen that. It was interesting. Um, I've seen clips, but uh, but yeah, it was. They they did a good job, um, but yeah, I mean we're, I mean the Super Bowl's done, the NFL season's done. The Hall of Fame was announced. Unbelievable class. John Lynch finally got in. Alan Fenica finally got in. Obviously, the two that everyone knew were going in got in, <laughs> in Manning and Woodson. Tom Flores, finally, justice so served for him. A little shocking, and I'm a Lions fan saying this, I'm a little shocked Megatron got in first ballot. Um, receivers often don't uh, have that luxury. Um, yeah, but how many people, I mean, on top of the records he broke, pound for pound, there was nobody more unstoppable i think in the last decade to you know i'd say the last 20 years as far as if you give me one receiver in their prime i don't think i calvin johnson would be my number one overall pick for my receiver you know and i know there's a lot of great receivers i'm just kind of putting calvin johnson ahead of but man he size speed rad running catchability you know he made some of the most ridiculous catches including the one in the playoffs. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. 
and yeah, and there's multiple touchdowns of him in triple coverage coming down with the ball. That's what I'm saying. Like he. He was the one guy you didn't want to cover because you didn't know how to cover him. You know, you weren't going to be bigger than him. Maybe you were going to be faster than him, but that wouldn't matter because he'd catch up to where the ball is anyway. He was going to catch it at a higher point than you. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, overall, I mean, I think this class was really great. Um, as a Michigan fan, because of everything last year and the induction being canceled two members of the 97 national champions team, Charles Woodson, Steve Hutchinson going into Canton together. So that's kind of cool, but yeah, I mean, that's a great weekend with all that, but uh, let's, uh, let's get into some of the other things, the overall season and uh, some stuff that happened. Jordan. Um, yeah, it was definitely a weird season. Um, Obviously, you know, uh, I don't know if we want to get into the COVID discussion right now, but, you know, it, it was definitely a weird year. Um, I think, you know, with injuries being up, I think I the NFL is taking their sweet time dragging their feet on releasing those final numbers. So I can't – There's the percentages aren't out there, at least not that I was able to find. But, um, yeah, man, just kind of a strange season. Um do you know, it was just great to be normal, if I could say anything about that. You know, for all the grief the NFL catches, man, it was so nice to have football on Sundays and on Monday and on Tuesday. And I think we even got a game on Wednesday this year. We did. So, so you know, it, it, it was a weird, weird season. But all in all, man, it, you know, personal, on a personal note, it was, you know, bad for Dallas <laughs> Dak completely breaking his leg in a way I never want to watch ever again. Um, you know, I'm just happy to have a top 10 pick and hopefully we can figure this out. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything in particular that stuck out for the season. Like I said, COVID was the big thing that really kind of, I think changed things in the NFL and hopefully it'll force them to change some stuff going forward. Uh, e, what's your thoughts, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was great to get the sense of uh, normalcy on. Yeah, it was great to see the normalcy Thursday, Monday, Sunday, a couple Tuesday, a couple Wednesday games. First of all, could we get two Monday night games again? Just make that permanent. God, that was nice. That was amazing. And it works out well. I mean, just do what you do the first week. Just put a just put a like a six o'clock East Coast game and a nine o'clock West Coast game. I mean, you start the game at eight thirty anyway. Why not get two games and roughly ends about the same time? I'm all for it. I think more games in prime time the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, the sense of normalcy is great. The yeah, there were some issues. Uh, some teams kind of screwed up Tennessee uh, kind of messing things up. It looked like for a while, but the NFL fixed it and there were no games really lost. Um, they added that extra week just in case it was needed. And yeah, it was just, it was well done. They, I thought the NFL did a good job uh, testing it. They had a few things come up, but overall 
kudos NFL, kudos Roger Goodell. I never thought I would hear myself say those words. But, oh God, that's almost what they're saying. Eric Fisher was important, <laughs> but <laughs> but he did he did a good job. Uh, I will I will give him a little grief though. I mean, let's be honest. You did have a team start a game with a practice squad receiver at quarterback. That that was a little interesting. And the, the the Browns played an entire game with exactly one healthy receiver on their roster and a bunch of tight ends. Um, I mean, for Christ's sake, they played their first playoff game and won without their head coach. Um, yeah, I mean, so I I think the most egregious thing was probably the Broncos thing. I really wish they had postponed that game. I think there's got to be some – if they're going to – hopefully we don't have to go through this again. But, you know, you might as well put some protocols in place, man. If you have a team that has an entire position wiped out, you know, there's got to be some kind of a resolution. And I, I do think yeah. that was kind of a greedy thing where they – you know, they were so determined to keep their TV dollars this year. They were not going to cancel the game. And, you know, I mean, well, the Broncos a good team. No. Did that game really make a difference on their season? No. But that's still pretty shitty, man. I mean, you know, luckily for Cleveland, they have two amazing running backs that they can lean on and a decent offensive line. But, I mean, Denver having to play a game with a receiver at quarterback, like, Jesus Christ, that was that was a bit much. But, yeah, I agree. It it was they did good. You know, Tennessee almost screwed it up. Yeah, they, <laughs> they 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 tried really hard to ruin it for everyone in the NFL. To their credit, didn't let them. So yeah, uh, you know, I'm interested to see personally the fallout from the opt-out players. There wasn't a lot of them, except if you're playing for New England, then half their defense opted out. Um, but I'm just interested to see, you know, what that's going to look like when they come back. Yeah, New England will be an interesting team to watch. Um when the players that opted out do come back. Uh, so maybe it's not, maybe it's not fair to say it was Brady uh, or maybe over Belichick, but we'll no, see. No, it definitely was. He, um, he, he, he thought he could take on the reclamation project to Cam Newton and no offense to Cam Newton. I'm sure he's a fantastic person. I've actually heard he's pretty arrogant in real life, but um, you know, he, um, he thought he could make Cam Newton something special, and Cam Newton's just not there. Not with the having completely zero wide receivers and a run game. Like, yeah, that's Belichick's arrogance for you. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, man, that kind of hits that segment up. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was fun. It was somewhat normal, I guess. Um, Everything went along as scheduled, and uh, for the most part, we got some extra football on days we normally wouldn't, which I'm not complaining about. I was not complaining about that. Uh, There are some – it's kind of interesting to have a football game at noon on a Tuesday, but, hey, they they got the games in. Well, I took that London game, man. I love having that London game. You know, wake up in the morning, and it's like 7 o'clock, and there's football on. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it sort of gave that vibe, but uh, yeah, no, they uh, they pulled it off, gave the fans what they wanted, and that was football. And the NFL was so 
headstrong and saying, we're going to get this done. People doubted them. I had my doubts as well, but they did it. And that's all I can say. It was done, not without its hiccups, but again, it was good. And couple a uh, couple teams made uh, some decisions during the season that normally you don't see unless your team is god-awful or the coach is an arrogant prick. Uh, so Atlanta, Detroit, fired coaches uh, mid-season. And seven jobs came open. And there are some coaching changes that sort of surprised me. Um, some didn't. Uh, what do you got for that? Just on a personal note, and <laughs> nobody cares about this. I don't care. I do. Hallelujah. The Dallas fired Mike Nolan. Um, I've never seen a more inimaginative defense in my life. <laughs> so, you know, it was clearly he was getting outcoached. I mean, mind you, half our team was also injured this year, but so was the rest of the NFL, um, you know, with COVID issues and stuff like that. But, yeah, Mike Nolan out. Dan Quinn, who was fired from Atlanta. Um, comes in to be our defensive coordinator in Dallas, and I love it. I love what he brings from a defensive standpoint. Clearly, being a head coach, I think, got away from him a little bit. Um, but, you know, it just I'm happy that Dan Quinn in Dallas, and hopefully he can coach up somebody like Trayvon Diggs, who I think could use it. Um, you know, for me, there's a couple of jobs that really stand out that I think are interesting. Uh, number one, Urban Meyer. Um, coming to Jacksonville, I'm very interested to see how that experiment works because so far, or at least very recently, the college coach hasn't worked out in the NFL too well. Urban Meyer seems to think he can break the mold. Um, and then just again, sticking with the NFC East, man, Philadelphia is such a mess. <laughs> you know, they D Doug Peterson clearly lost the team. You want to talk about decisions that were questionable during the season. Doug Peterson deliberately tanking and pulling those players in that last game. 100, completely, 100%. Completely sealed his job. And all the goodwill he had for winning that Super Bowl, you know, clearly was in a pooper at that point. But then I find it interesting that, you know, they didn't hire the big names. They didn't go with Dable or some of these other guys that we're talking about, B enemy. Yeah. Um, they went with Nick Sirianni. And everybody, you know, the, the, the big rumor right now is that Carson Wentz is going to get traded. And I, I have my thoughts on that that I'll give you later. But I think it's interesting that they take a guy that was a Frank Wright guy and bring him to Philly. Carson Wentz's best season was Frank Wright as his offensive coordinator. Um, so this whole notion that it's immediate that Carson Wentz is going to get traded, I don't think that's the case necessarily. But, yeah, they're a mess. And I think that what bothers me more about Philly than anything else is how Howie Roseman gets a pass. How he likes to throw just blind money at their defensive line. They have more D-tackles than God, but they can't cover anybody at all. Their receivers think that catching a pass means they're going to drop it while they're wide open. Um, yeah, Philly's a hot mess. And the last job, Eric, um, I kind of want to touch on is just – what the hell is Houston doing? Maybe that's a question I'll just pose to you. What the hell is Houston doing, Eric? Um, David Culley? Yeah, <laughs> it was an interesting hire there. Um, 
and uh yeah that i think sort of the whole pro during the whole thing deshaun watson was already furious at the houston management um obviously o'brien um being uh, brian was he's also gone during the season um but also as head coach gm trading deandre hopkins making all those trades to have hardly any picks they sign the deshaun signs that big deal they got nothing around him now and he's furious about it and he has every right to be and he's been outspoken he wanted a say in the coaching decision or interview process they've basically ignored that and he wants out um whether or not he gets traded is another thing uh, but and then just today uh, it doesn't shock me um i kind of knew this was coming they released uh, mutual pardon ways they released uh, jj watt uh who again if there's a guy that deserves to ring chase in the nfl he is definitely one of them. Very Dude, his, t- his tickets are booked to Tampa Bay already. I'm sorry. Like, very, uh, he, he, if he doesn't sign with the Buccaneers or the Chiefs, I'm going to be shocked. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a money thing there. But, uh, yeah, I think he, he wants a ring. And he's a guy that very similar to the Lions fan moving on from Stafford. Um, guys that gave it their all for their franchises. I mean, you didn't hear them complain during their careers there. You didn't hear them complain about management, surround me with these players. They just went out through injuries and everything and just said, and just gave it their all for their city and their franchise. And those two players, good for them going somewhere else. Um, Lions fans love to hate Stafford, uh, but I've been a Stafford supporter since day one, really, and also his rookie year when he threw a game-winning touchdown with a shoulder that was hanging by a thread. I mean, the guys... Dude, just hearing what he went through this season alone. And, yeah, man, Bleacher Report came out. He was playing with a torn UCL in his, on his left arm, something torn his left knee, broken rib cartilage, the guy played through it all, and his quote was, there's people in the city that don't know how they're going to pay their rent, mortgages, how am I going to get my car from here to there, and if I'm going to, comp- and I'm not going to complain about injuries when I'm making millions of dollars. I'm going to play for them, and I'm going to miss that in him in Detroit because him and his wife, Kelly, did such a great job in that community. Lions fans, hope you know what you're going to miss because you're going to miss a quarterback that gave it his all and for his city and his team. So you got your wish. Don't bitch about it. Yeah, buddy, you're strapped up for some Jared Goff football coming up for you guys. Good luck with that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know who he's going to throw to you this year, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's a uh, that's it. Uh, I know we got a little sidetracked there. Um, coaching changes. Uh, you now you mentioned that shocking 
that Brandon Staley staying in the LA market, going to the Chargers with a young quarterback in offense. I for sure thought Bienemy or Dable were going there. Uh, so that shocked me when I saw it as a defensive guy. I don't know what. They're yeah, doing. Uh, I sure hope for Justin Herbert's sake they have a plan. I mean, they, they've got a good offense. Like Keenan Allen, great underrated receiver. When he's, Mike Williams, because he figured out how to stay healthy. Well, yeah, same thing with Hunter Henry, who's I think a free agent, but. Um, that's why I would love to see them get somebody like Kyle Pitts in the draft, which we'll talk about soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't, I, I was confused on that decision. I mean, you would think you would want to give every tool possible to Justin Herbert to make him more successful because the kid kicked ass with virtually nothing last year. Right. And that's, um, yeah, that was the other thing. I mean, I mean, he's the new Lions offensive coordinator, which I love our hires, by the way. Um, so getting into that after this one, but a little surprised, little surprised Anthony Lynn got fired, um, with the chargers because he didn't have much. It was injuries. He won seven games with a rookie quarterback. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty good. I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's sometimes in the NFL, things just don't seem to be working out and you know, it, Lynn, Lynn is a great coach. And the Chargers had a lot of talent. And I don't know if they think that maybe they were just – I think they're so scared of being average because that's who they've been. Like, <laughs> rest in peace, Marty Schottenheimer. But I don't think they want to go back to that era where they win 10 games and get bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs. And I think maybe they got those vibes from Anthony Lynn. And I don't know. I just – I'm not surprised about the Lynn thing as much as I am how they completely went all defense with their coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, um, kind of going Homer now. A uh, lot of, a lot of, I'm giving the Lions credit. Um, they did take their time. They didn't listen to advisors. They didn't, they did it on their own. They were patient through the process, interviewed a bunch of candidates for both GM and head coach, landed on uh, Brad Holmes of the Rams and uh, Dan Campbell, offensive assistant, assistant head coach to Sean Payton in New Orleans, uh, who won five games, who went five and seven in his interim in Miami after they fired Joe Philbin. And I didn't know this um, until the hiring. Miami players at the time after the season went to management and said, this is the guy we want. Bring him on full time, uh, and whether whether he has a legendary press conference, looks like uh, looks like the dude, uh, whatever meme, whatever thing you want to call it, bite your kneecaps off. Um, only time will tell, uh, but he seems to have respect to the league, respect to players, and that's something Lions didn't have the past few years. Uh, a coach that alienated the locker room pretty immediately. Um, a team that went from three out of four playoffs to back to being at the bottom, where sadly more used to than any other team, I think, besides Cleveland until this year. Uh, but yeah, time will tell with all these decisions. Uh, we can 
as fans, as media, as talking heads, we can rip hires, we can praise hires. There's, there's so many things that you can't predict and time will tell if these were the right calls. But yeah, um, that's, that's it. We're in that kind of weird off season time where it's personally one of my favorite times draft season dude it's gonna be nuts uh free agency first um you know holy crap you know that stafford trade i think set a tone for this offseason and you know you're gonna see potentially 22 to 24 of your starting qb positions be overturned this year you're hearing names like russell wilson talk about being traded I mean, what? I I think Seattle, they must have some good, good crack up there if they think trading Russell Wilson's the resolution. It's, it's, the, it's the weed up there. It's not crack. It's got to be, man. They're, they're having after <laughs> effects from the rioting in Portland or something. Like, I, I don't know, because what the hell do you think trading Russell Wilson's going to do to improve your franchise? Well, um, and maybe I mean, when, I, when that news broke last night, I mean, it was, it was pretty late. Um, this is we're recording this on February 12th, February 11th. Uh, pretty late, I'd say probably late for people that work nine, 10 o'clock. <laughs> um, kind of looking on my phone and seeing that come through that could he be traded because he ripped that he ripped that he didn't have that much, he didn't have that good of protection this year. I mean, as my cousin Dave, who's on our draft bus podcast, uh, said told me he's like part of that's the way he plays too uh and it's very similar if, i would say the same thing too if mahomes bitched about not having enough protection in the super bowl i mean as he's 497 yards of him just running for his life um because of the way he plays these scrambling quarterbacks but part of it's part of that's on him uh but I never thought I would be, I never thought Russell Wilson would have done that. Um, spoken against Seattle. <laughs> I'm glad he did, dude. I think but, he has watched them year after year draft guys that were third round grade guys in the first round. No offense to some of those guys. I'm sure Jordan Brooks in last year would be a fantastic pro. I mean, putting them next to Bobby Wagner certainly can't help. Um, but you know, I'm with Russ. It's kind of like Aaron Rodgers last year, you know, like what the hell? Can you give me somebody to throw to me, throw to, you know, like, and with Russ, he's like, can you just please draft somebody to block for me a little, <laughs> Right. you know? And I, I don't, I don't blame him. And he's frustrated, but if I'm Seattle, you know, I'm telling him, you know, Hey, listen, we hear you. You made your point but we're not trading you, dude. You know, and Eric, I posed this question to you last night and I still have not found a good example, but, you know, name the last time a team gave up a ton of draft capital for one player and it worked out and brought them a ring. I think the only thing, Dave, it took me a while uh, because I was thinking about it. I think the, and it happened during the draft. It was actually Carson Wentz. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Um, You know what? Okay. Respect. I will give you Carson Wentz. Because, even though he didn't win that ring because of the injury and Nick Foles led them to the Super Bowl in the playoffs, 
they would not have gotten there if it wasn't for he would have been MVP that year. There's no doubt. Philly fans and Philly fans forget that. They give Nick Foles all the credit for that. But they forget they would have never been in that playoff position had Wentz not gone out. And I'm not a Carson Wentz truther at all. But Philly fans seem to forget that Carson Wentz He was on fire that year before that ACL. It was um, he was unbelievable. <laughs> uh but yeah, uh he put yeah. them in position. So yeah. That's that's what a quarterback does. And so, so here's a, here's a question I have for the shoot draft, Eric. Is and again, this year is unprecedented, like everything else. I guess for me, one of my questions or one of the things I'm looking forward to is just you've got guys like Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase, Gregory Rousseau, especially. You know, these guys only have one or two years of tape. And they didn't play this year. They opted out, which I don't blame them. This is not an indictment on the player. You got to make a financial decision for your future, you know? And I don't blame those guys at all, but I'm just interested to see, you know, are these guys really worth the hype? You know, I I certainly think so. I think Chase and Sewell are, are can't miss. I think Rousseau is horribly overrated, but um you know, that's one thing I'm kind of looking for this year is to see these players that opted out from this year. Again, it goes back to like the NFL. You know, what is that going to look like? How are they going to perform? You know, they haven't played on a football field in two years. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I think the can't miss, the can't miss guys this year are. Trevor Lawrence uh, and Penny Sewell. Uh, Sewell, I think, is the best offensive tackle prospect since. Oh my God. <laughs> I probably have to go and go back probably 15 years. So yeah, for, for, he's definitely the most exciting prospect, but depending on what my team needs. He may not be my go-to pick. I know that's kind of controversial. If you're if you're Cincinnati, you take him. Hands oh, if you're Cincinnati, uh, Joe Burrow's torn ACL says, "Please take me." Um, but you know, if your team, okay, so I guess Michael thing would be then. He's definitely like the number one guy, but I'm a big fan of Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Um, offensive guard. I know he's a tackle and a guard. Yes, he's got flexibility. Um, and I guess maybe it's just because I'm obviously putting a lot of attention towards guys Dallas is being projected for. And I would love to see him in Dallas. I know we don't really – I know, I know, I know we need secondary. But Tyron Smith hasn't had a healthy season since 2015. That was six years ago. And as much as I love Tyron Smith, man, you've got to have somebody that can – actually play and protect the quarterback. And I would love to have a guy with guard flexibility that can also play tackle. Like, yeah. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a Rashawn Slater truther. Um, so I think the object guys are going to be interesting. And obviously the quarterbacks. I think this year the story is going to be the QBs. Yeah, there's a lot of prospects. Uh, Zach Wilson out of BYU, I think is the most intriguing of them. Trey Lance, North Dakota State. Uh, look at Carson Wentz. Uh, but I think a lot of question marks revolve around Justin Fields. I mean, yet primarily a Georgia guy, but 
past couple of years at Ohio State. Ohio State's track record with quarterbacks is not good. I mean, it's just not. Um, and then, and he performed well um, in the ass-kicking national title game, but it's a interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what these where these quarterbacks go. Um, Lions. I mean, I don't know. Um, we got a couple first rounds to play with. Um, might move up. I'm not sure. Uh, you got teams like get teams like Carolina. Uh, Atlanta is going to probably take a quarterback. Three out of the top four, I think, are going to be quarterbacks. Uh, based off who's picking you got Jacksonville Jets Dolphins and Falcons so I think three or four there's your quarterbacks Miami probably goes wide receiver maybe offensive line maybe that's where you think uh, Sewell goes but as far as my predictions go um, who knows we'll get into a full mock draft as we get closer to the holy weekend of NFL for me but uh, I'm gonna close it with the bold predictions that I think I think Dak does not. I think Dak does go somewhere else. Dallas does not resign him. And I was going to say Wentz to Indy, but I'm thinking more 49ers. And I think JJ Watt might team up with his brother, brother TJ in, in Pittsburgh. Jordan? Wow. Um, I don't know how I feel about Dak. I didn't put that as my bold prediction, but I honestly don't know. Part of me says, man, we love Dak. I love Dak Prescott. You know, he's clearly a top quarterback. But then another part of me says, man, after a couple of weeks of figuring out the offense, Andy Dalton didn't look terrible in that offense last year. And if Andy Dalton can look good, do we really need to pay a quarterback $40 million? I don't know. Just a question. Um, so my bold prediction is I do think Carson Wentz is going to go to Indy. I think they're stupid for trading him. Let me go. Let me I, get back to my I'm just going to – I. Going to cut you there. Um, Indy does not seem to be a no-go. Um, they offered Philly two second-round picks, and they're holding out for a first. So I don't know, that can change. It, <laughs> the reason Philly makes sense is because of the Frank Reich. It's oh, because I, they absolutely, have to get, man. Every, I mean, I thought, I, thought Staff, I thought Stafford was going to go to Indy. They're a quarterback away from winning that thing. I think. The and, the, and they're the one team that could take his cap hit. And still be okay. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm not worried about compensation. I think if a deal needs to get made, if Philly's really that desperate to unload him, you know. But I don't think they should trade him. And I know that's crazy. Again, you bring in a guy like why? Why would you hire a guy who came from a coaching tree of somebody that made Carson Wentz great? Just to trade him. I mean, and I guess if you're going to, why not trade him back to that guy directly? Um, but so my, my bold prediction is that I think Philly does trade him to Indy, but I also think they're stupid for doing it. And I think Deshaun Watson stays put. I know there's a lot of talk. He's unhappy. Blah, 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 blah. I still don't know what the hell the David Cully hire was. Um, you know, Cesaro or Cesario, whatever his name is, Cesario, he is a New England guy. Anyway, but again, you just, I think the way you make Deshaun happy is you sign Kenny Galladay. 
you prove to him, hey, we're going to surround you with talent. And I think you go after, you take a chance on somebody like a Kenny Galladay. I think they even consider bringing back Will Fuller. And now suddenly he has two new toys he can throw to you. Uh, you know, if he can stay healthy this year, a potential number one guy in Kenny Galladay. And I think that's how you appease him. I think that's how you make him happy. And I think that's what makes all this go away. Yeah. Is Houston sits him down and says, listen, we understand, you know, this is not going the way you want it to. We understand. We don't want to win either. Or we, we, we don't want to lose either. But, you know, Deshaun, you know, to get the capital that it's going to take to trade you and get you equal value isn't going to happen. I don't think the team's going to give up three number ones. Like, as good as Deshaun Watson is, I don't think it's worth it. But I don't know. I'm not a big believer in big trades. I think I know you and I talked about this the other day. I think you need to draft well, you know, get three to five really good studs hit in the first round or two, and then you need to sign some key free agents. And I think giving up number ones, I don't know. Best of luck to the chart or the Rams and their philosophy of trading number ones, you know, until the next president. So, yeah, oh, man, they're, they're going to be, that's going to be crazy. They're, they don't have any first rounders until 2024. Um, so that's going to be, it's going to be a long ride for them, but yeah, seems to have worked so far, but we'll see. Like I said, with these coaching changes, and everything time will tell. Time will tell if these bold predictions that we just made pay off, or what coaching changes fail within the next one to three years. <laughs> uh, but that's going to wrap this one up. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with Jordan Nanji. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Like, subscribe, listen on. Uh, variety of podcasts spotify apple however you do that and uh join us next week bye guys